Welcome, everybody, to the Cult of Dave Podcast Network. New chapter this morning in the battle against Ebola. Nickelback are back. The multi-platinum band has just announced a new album and a North American summer. Until you see the flaming butthole, you ain't seen nothing yet. Eric from Roanoke, Virginia. The difference between David Lee Roth's Van Halen and Sammy Hagar's Van Halen. David Lee Roth wanted to slap you in the face with his dick from stage. Sammy Hagar would just do it in private. Something good for ya. All right, guys, and welcome to this week's episode of the Something Good For You podcast, where the two of us sift through the bullshit to try to find a little something good to give you each and every single week. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Alex Stiff, and across from me is Captain Nunn. Hey, it's me. Hey, it's you. (laughs) And returning, we've got Mikey Black with us. What's up? I'm going to try and speak up this time. (laughs) Every episode, it's a journey. (laughs) I can't imagine why. I can't imagine. (laughs) Now you're trying to even over-enunciate. Unique New York. Back panel, or pull back the curtain a little bit. I was just telling, them, I was explaining to them a little earlier how the uh, microphones work. Now Mikey is just super like, <laughs> he's like staring at the c- control panel. I don't want to be too loud. I don't want to be too quiet. You want these headphones? <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> I was going to say, whoa, what's the new look you're doing here? Usually you are just fully whoa. honed in with both both. <laughs> I'm doing the Henry Rollins. We'll take a picture of it so we can show everybody. (laughs) Yeah, Cap's rocking a new side look. He's He's, trying to be all So I get to hear the audio and and hear the room at the same time. (laughs) He's ignoring my camera. He's not paying attention. No. (laughs) He's like, get the fuck out of here. Get that shit out of my face. (laughs) If you can't tell already, with the past few episodes being complainy and reflective and all that, it was time to have a good laughing and fun episode. So with Mikey better rested... And not coming back from a treacherous uh, trip from Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> He's a bit more well-rested, and I think we're going to get a pretty funny episode out of this. And as always, this show is brought to us by Repo Record down on Commonwealth Avenue. Check them out online, www.reporecord.com, or on Instagram, at Repo Record. The show is also brought to us by Hate Energy Drink, the energy drink high in B12 and B6 to give you that, give you the boost you're looking for. <laughs> Without the crash of a typical almost energy, did it almost without the crash of that typical energy drink and something we like asking the people that come in here and most of the time he's just got something stupid. Mikey Black, what do you hate? I hate uh, diet soda. Fuck diet soda. <laughs> yeah, okay, diet re- soda's bullshit. I'm, I'm Here's get, uh, hold up, pause. I'm getting a Anchorman flashback. What? I feel like you just looked around the room and you're like, I hate... Well, no, I really do hate diet soda. <laughs> diet soda's fucking gross. And here's here's my issue with I diet soda. Because I don't think right. sugar is a terrible thing, but, you know, uh, a Mountain Dew, let's say, what is it, 24 ounces, is like 70-something grams of sugar. Oh, it's more or, than that. it might be. It's let's, a lot let's of look fucking it up. sugar. Let's look it up. I'm pretty sure. Keep talking. Anyways, so you got that option, which is a fuck ton of sugar. That's not good for you. Tastes good. It's damn good. Love Mountain Dew. Shout out to Mountain Dew. Hashtag sponsor me. <laughs> Shout out Mountain Dew. <laughs> no, that, no, that was legit for Mike. Shout out. <laughs> He's legit going for it. 
And then you got Diet Mountain Dew, which is like no sugar, some artificial bullshit, and it tastes terrible. Why can't they just make one with less sugar? Same formula, just give me like 25 grams. All That's right. still a lot, but I'd be happy with it. I well, but so, no. so in a 20-ounce Mountain Dew, uh, you got 73 grams of sugar. Oh, I was off by one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but not for a 24. Oh, 24. 20-ounce. I just swore off soda a long it's time bullshit. ago, really. I have no sense on this conversation. Oh, <laughs> Mr. Healthy over here. And you also got... Uh, no, barely. <laughs> you also got 40 milligrams of sodium. That's fine. <laughs> well, see, with me, the reason... I'll allow I, it. Well, the reason I'll I... will allow even, it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason I like the diet drinks is because you've seen the photos. I was a fat bastard as a kid. And after going on low carb, which meant no sugar, no wheat, high protein, high dairy... I started shedding pounds and I started feeling a lot better to the point when I got to my goal weight and I felt like I could start incorporating some things back into my diet. The one thing I would always have a negative reaction to was sugar. Mm. Anytime I had sugar, it felt like I was about to fall asleep. And dead serious, I was an insomniac for a few years and I lived right next to a Krispy Kreme donut. And I would actually go over there, get a half dozen, and I would eat one or two at night. And it was guaranteed to knock me out in about 30 minutes and I could sleep tonight. Shit, yeah, My man. body wow. just went on a shutdown trying to process all that sugar. Yeah, you had an insulin fucking explosion going yeah. on. So so ever since, I've just not had a good reaction to sugar. <laughs> You're just I preparing ha- yourself for a diabetic right? coma. <laughs> <laughs> no, because... Every night, like, I can't sleep. Ah, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> diabetic coma, eight hours. <laughs> out. <laughs> but it's weird because I can have sugar in other forms. It's just for some reason, a slice of cake, a soda, a donut, that amount of sugar will fuck me up. But if it's like a sweet and sour chicken that's clearly got a lot of sugar in it, it doesn't mess with me as bad. Because I guess it's counteracted by a certain amount of protein or meat. I guess that makes sense. But yeah, that, that's always been an odd thing. It's it's a certain amount of concentrated sugar in a dessert or a soda that makes me so lethargic and just like, ugh, and just get a headache almost. But then if it's sweet Asian it's like food chick- or something, I'm cool with it. Like chicken and waffles or something like that. I'm, I'm just- totally cool with that. Oh, yeah, that yeah you, you saw it when we I went. I mean, soda, you're basically just drinking sugar at this point and then whatever, preservatives and other bullshits in there. Yeah, I mean, hell. Well, and I don't drink it. See, you drink soda often. Yeah. Which is why it makes sense for you to drink diet soda. I drink maybe one or two a week. Well, you're even also a nutritionalist. Yeah, but even when yeah. I was a fat kid drinking soda all the time, fuck diet soda, man. It's disgusting. Dude, I actually it's, like I the, hate it. I prefer the taste of <laughs> diet Coke no, over benefits. regular Coke. Man, you're weird, dude. And, and and they've actually shown that it's actually a different formula. Mm-mm. It's a different like ingredient formula than the traditional Coca-Cola. So Diet Coke is actually a completely separate thing. The traditional diet version of Coca-Cola is Coke Zero. But you fucking drink gallons of Diet Coke a, a day, it feels like. Dude, Diet Coke's fucking rules. <laughs> I see. <laughs> oh, man. But, but that's the thing, though, is I could drink that much of it and still be okay. But literally, if I have one can of regular soda, I'm done. My mouth feels all weird. It's like all... And you never get it with ice either. Like, because here's my theory on that. I fucking hit the table on that. Yeah. Because I don't chug a drink. I like to say, you said that, I say that, and you immediately eyes over to my thing. I've been drinking this ever since this afternoon. <laughs> I noticed there's no ice yeah. in your bottle, Alex. <laughs> I think it's almost empty my already. We just got started. 
no, I've been drinking this thing ever since you fuckers got here four hours ago. But still, no. In that amount of time, the ice dilutes the soda. You lose the fizziness. You lose the flavor. I would rather drink a slightly warm soda than have a watered down... Because you drink diet soda, dude. <laughs> if you were drinking soda with some sugar in it, that sugar water is going to taste damn good. <laughs> It's like, that's on you, man. <laughs> <laughs> but then I feel sh- like shit afterward. I'd rather have a warm soda temporarily than feel like shit throughout the day. <laughs> how did how did asking me what I hate turn into an Alex? We already got a shit you should have kept to yourself right there. <laughs> Let's go ahead and cut that segment out of the show. <laughs> Alex is no fuck like no fuck you it's brain dump time. <laughs> no, I'm good with that. that is, <laughs> and as always, we do have a hotline phone number uh, that we tell our <laughs> listeners about each and every week. That phone number is five one three four six three seven four three nine, where you guys can call in, give us your thoughts, your comments, anything of the sort. Reverend Shag. Yeah. He's he's calling back again. So let's see what he's got to say. Hey, it's Reverend Shag again from the Reverend Shag Double Shot Podcast. Best pirate radio station known in the history of pirate radio stations. Found only on the Cult of Dave Network for a dollar on Patreon. One dollar, kids. One dollar. Did you guys seriously just congratulate me for calling this? Your voicemail to my voicemail congratulated me and now I kind of feel like I just won a participation trophy I feel like one of the loser kids now thanks guys keep up the good work (laughs) what is this guy on (laughs) yeah he thought real long and hard about that and just somehow got insulted by congratulations yeah I was congratulating them for finding the voicemail number if you call in we don't get a ton of callers so I was basically just thanking them for calling in so yeah you get your stupid participation trophy your podcast famous now listeners you're welcome (laughs) Uh, yeah I might need to contact uh, Dave and ask him about that Reverend Shag guy I'm not not too sure about him I don't know if I like him being on uh, the same network as us he seems like trouble yeah <laughs> you, could, you could read it in his voice and he said he was a pirate <laughs> so you already can't trust the guy that means he's just got a lot of booty <laughs> <laughs> this pirate's got a fat ass <laughs> <laughs> and the semi-reoccurring segment we've got is the rock father owner of the rim in norton west virginia he calls in and sometimes provides a little bit of sage advice or has a question for us and i think this time he's got a question so let's see what the rock father has to say hey alex and cat this is the rock father trying to figure out what you guys think what would be most valuable for a band nowadays would it be a huge national tour with an act such as kiss would it be a record label deal or would it be a video where you could have about a half million dollar budget? Just let me know. Love to hear your thoughts. Well, the Rock Father has spoken. 
The rock so I says. so number one, he completely ignored you, Mikey. That's fine. He didn't know I was going to be here. <laughs> so, but I went ahead and sent it to uh, the both of y'all ahead of time because that was actually a really good question. So I wanted to make sure we had enough time to kind of think on that. I didn't want to have the leg up and be the only one with this information prior. Right. So everyone's kind of had a little bit of time to think on it. So let's go round table. Uh, Cap, what what would you say uh, between those three? I think the most beneficial thing in this day and age mm-hmm. would be an opening slot for a major tour. Okay. Because I think a cosign is more important than anything, and I'll use the Misfits as an example. Okay, the Misfits, um, you know, are pretty big in the punk scene or whatever. Nobody really knew about them on a national level until Metallica started doing covers of them. All right, it's okay. Like a, it's like a young kid in West Ten- middle of nowhere, West Tennessee, knew about the Misfits because of the Metallica covers. Okay, very, very valid, very valid. I'll take that. And you can hear it in uh, d- interviews with Doyle and uh, Jerry that uh, Metallica was essential to their career and mm-hmm. having them get on people's radar. <laughs> and then you ask Danzig like and he shits on it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dan, Dan, I think Danzig embraces his uh, solo career. Uh... <laughs> well, who would our cosign be? Because essentially he was asking for us personally for the fill-ins. If, say if so we, what, who would our cosign be? If somebody uh, booked us on a national tour, like say we opened up for the Foo Fighters or something like that, if we were like a B level for like an Alice Cooper tour, like a very major yeah. support slot. Like okay. a kiss. Okay. All right. Mikey, what would you say on that? I say we do the music video, sign the agreement to have them give us the $500,000, and then we take the money and run. <laughs> 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 yeah, he didn't say specifically <laughs> what to do with it. <laughs> so, so is that your full contri- and then contribution? And then we use that $500,000... Instead of a music video, we book our own tour and just fucking quit our jobs and buy, buy a bus and just go see the fucking country and just buy on play to a venue. tour. Yeah. <laughs> buy on to a tour. Nah, we'll make our own tour. We'll call it the fill-ins. Fire, fire, fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I see what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, God. folks. They made me watch these stupid documentaries right before I started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before recording, we actually watched the uh, the Netflix and the Hulu Fire uh, Festival documentaries, and damn, that shit is nuts. Talk about power of perception is reality. Yeah, Mike is just going to take that 500000 and uh, find investors and <laughs> <laughs> inflate his fucking, <laughs> inflate all the fucking charts and everything. Do the fucking, uh, what was the band that? Kind of did the same thing with a tour in Europe. Oh, God. No, we were talking about them on Graveyard Boulevard. I can't remember the name of them, though. I can't either. Threaten. Threaten, yeah. Yeah, that's who it was. (laughs) I find it funny, though. Everyone has picked a different answer. Because I think a specific record label would be the most beneficial. Oh, wait. To be serious, I agree with Cap. If I'm not joking. What? Oh. (laughs) Serious psycho. I was talking to you, Siri. Yeah, Siri decided she wanted to jump in on this. Okay, so you're so in the serious front. In the serious front, uh, if you could get on with a good act and just let your music speak for itself, you got the chops and they're going to put you in front of enough people and then those people are going to remember you, then that's the way to do it. Especially in front of like a cult uh, audience. Like, uh, say, anytime a motorhead brought up on somebody new to go on tour with them, their audience normally embrace them well that's kind of what i was getting at though is so with the rock father he was saying you know a huge national tour with an act you know such as kiss so he's kind of leaning into the larger amphitheater kind of uh, 
you know, kind of band. So yeah. Foo Fighters would fall under that. So, I mean, who, who else would really be that strong enough band to really take uh, us on the road with that yeah, we I would mean, mesh well, well enough that we would want that sort of audience to listen to us? We might be thinking a little too big. Um, well, he's think he's saying Kiss. Well, I mean, yeah, that, but your grandma knows who Kiss is. Yeah, but that's that's a little that's very that's lofty. a stretch. That's a lofty expectation. Well, I'm just going by I'm his saying, parameters. Well, let's all right. Well, his it, parameters. Let's say there's like <laughs> there's levels to this shit. If, so if, if we could get on with a band like just you know two three levels above us and that kind of yeah. success touring whatever and they're like hey come with us if, if motorhead that would was get us in more still than, a, if motorhead was still a thing i think that would be a a fun one and like still in that like middle they would still be on that middle tier of packing houses wherever they go and like big enough for uh clubs right? and stuff i mean it's like, like that. this is a terrible example but you know justin bieber's only famous because fucking usher was just like i like this kid on youtube yeah exactly Help make him famous well or see like, so so let me go ahead and stop there because i think you guys are kind of thinking of it from a different aspect all right we're a rock and roll band yeah okay you're looking at acts that work primarily by themselves the people like the justin bieber thing that was a he's on this track of mine so you're y'all are kind of thinking more in the collaboration aspect or at least mikey is uh with what cap's saying with the bringing a band out on the national tour you're really running the risk of I've heard the stories, you know, and maybe use Kiss as an example. There have been opening bands for Kiss that they're playing while people are getting fucking filed into the amphitheater. Right. So at the end of the day, I don't think either one of those, the music video or the tour, would really be the biggest help. And there have been, yeah, and you're absolutely right. Wasn't for the 1977 Love Gun Tour, wasn't the opener like... Piper or something obscure like I that. Know. I think that's the thing too. That's a good example because like they've had everybody from Cheap Trick and Rush open up to them uh, for them and obscure bands like Piper and stuff like that too. That you're yeah, probably yeah. just now learning and, and think, about. And think about your and think about maybe your, your favorite band that's going to be out on the road. If they have some unknown opener, how how apt are you to really look them up? Honestly, I look up a lot of opening acts. That's how I discovered most of my music as a kid, going yeah. to Tremont and shit. Well, was, yeah, I, I would say, yeah. well, uh, local acts on a local scale is a little different. I'm talking about on a, you're going no, this to. this was like national, like, like big bands coming through Tremont, huge Yeah, bands. I think more people well, like, are okay, well, prone what I'm, to. Uh, what I'm saying, y'all, I'm, I'm trying to use it on the large scale. You're using well, Tremont okay. and that's a mid scale. So whoa, you go, whoa, you. shit. <laughs> It's a mid scale. Right. It truly is. I think Mike, we, we've we've praised that in the past for it being the, a great mid scale, and that's what Charlotte's like slacking the big, now. The big I'm talking about. I'm talking stuff. about. You're going to PNC. Okay, you're, you're going to go see Iron not, Maiden. We're not ready for that. You're <laughs> hold on though. You're you're going to go see Iron Maiden. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. The reason you're going to go see that show is because of Iron Maiden. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You don't give a fuck about who that opening band is. Iron Maiden is in the same echelon as Kiss. So that's the examples I'm pulling from. That's I'm not so I'm not knocking Tremont. So I'm saying you're gonna go see a band like Deep Purple. You're gonna go see a band like Queen. You're thinking of like top tier level. That's stuff. what it, that's the examples oh, he's that's giving. That's what he said. Okay. So we yeah. can't well, we can't go below a, it. This is the Rock Fathers <laughs> segment because his other thing was a music video with a half a million dollar budget. So clearly this is big time stuff he's talking about. He's not talking about the next step for us. He's talking about right. this guy <laughs> is presenting us something amazing. Okay, so if we've got to think on that sort of tier. 
do we want a big record label? Do we want a big tour or do we want a big music video? Oh, so I don't know. How much do we get paid for touring versus selling records these days? Well, his, uh, the way I kind of read his question was what's the, he said, what's the most valuable for a band nowadays? So the most valuable overall, my argument is the proper record label because with all of that comes even if it's a smaller record label, even if we're wanting to compare it to what's that, if you wanted to compare it to maybe our next step, getting a good record label would put us in front of more eyes than it would the tour. The tour, we're just the annoyance before the band. The music video can go unnoticed. A proper record label with the right kind of followers is paying attention to a new release coming out on that label, especially if it's the first release for that band, if it's their debut. Mm -hmm. They're going to push that hard, and you're going to get in front of more eyes on the social media platform than you ever are on that tour where you're the annoyance or the music video that people have to click on and figure out about. The proper record label is going to maybe get you in some rotation on a Saturday night on the rock and roll playlist. Yeah, they'll pay they'll pay for all those uh, placements and all that stuff, too. Exactly. So that's maybe my argument on it is in one scenario, we're the annoyance. In the other scenario, we spend a bunch of money on something that's not going to be seen. At least with the record label option, there's a bunch of different separate outlets we can use, whether it's through their media team, through their marketing team, whatever. That makes more sense in the grand scheme of things. So Mikey and I were just like thinking humbly on our uh, No, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking lofty. Brad, uh, sorry, the rock father is giving us lofty uh, choices. No, but you're absolutely right. So, I'm, I, so I'm pulling lofty answers. And when I, and when I saw Iron Maiden play uh, Las Vegas... Uh, Steve Harris's kids band opened up for him and when that band went on stage that's when people are just coming in and everything too like they're just walking into just another band before Iron Maiden so you're absolutely right on that level of unless you're like a co-headliner say if Kiss was going out with Def Leppard a few years ago or something like that right well, most of the time, I mean, they would have just that one more tiny opener, which I've seen. Yeah. Like, it wasn't that tour, but I've seen a scenario where, like, Joan Jett would be that last opener right. on a big dual headliner, you know? So you would still get a good... It was a le- still be a legacy artist. Exactly. So that, that would at least be my argument on it. I would say the record label. All right. What? I ain't trying to shut <laughs> y'all down. I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> Well, good deal, Rockfather. Thank you so much for all that. And again, guys, if you do want to give us a call and leave a voice message, that number again is 513-463-7439. And I guess now is a good time to go ahead and bust onto something good from around the net. As if uh, last week with us bitching about Kiss, which by the way, we're not going to make that every episode. (laughs) We promise. We promise. We love Kiss, we love the good seasons, but we're not going to berate you guys with a shit ton of Kiss talk. Uh, instead, we're going to bitch about Molly Crew uh, because <laughs> they, uh, they have confirmed that they are going to col- do a collaboration with Machine Gun Kelly to be included on the soundtrack of the Netflix Dirt documentary movie. So Motley Crue is recording a new song with Machine Gun Kelly. I think that's For what-, what show? It's not a show. Their soundtrack for what? Uh, Netflix is adapting the Dirt book, Motley Crue's book, The Dirt. Oh. Okay. Netflix is adapting it into a documentary movie, mm. and part of the soundtrack because it, it, apparently it comes out in March twenty second on Netflix. 
And I think uh, the part of that is uh, Machine Gun Gale, uh, Kelly playing one of the members in the yeah, movie, too. Uh, I think that might be part that, of it. Yeah, it says that um, Machine Gun Kelly's real name, Colson Baker. <laughs> uh, by the way, I, I, I really I think I've got a new game for us. Guess the rapper's real name. <laughs> because there have been so There's many instances lately where I hear of a rapper's real name and so I'm like, good. whoa! So I think that's the game we should play uh, next time Mikey's over. Guess, <laughs> guess, guess the real rapper's name. I already know like a few of them that are just great. <laughs> yeah, it also stars uh, Daniel Weber as Vince Neil, Douglas Booth as Nikki Six, and Ewan, Iwan. Uh, I have not done any research on this movie at all. I How do you say that, Mikey? Oh, I don't. I don't know. Some I, weird. Iwan, Iwan, Iwan what? Game of Thrones. Rion. R- I don't, Rion. I'd say Rion. <laughs> Good. Iwan. So I'm. Iwan. So I, Iwan Rion. I, 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 at Iwan least, want, I at least. I at least want confirmation that you know that was a fucked up name, and he's <laughs> he's playing Mick Mars. So sorry, dude. Yeah, good uh, for him, I guess. At the end of the year, members of Motley Crue reunited with longtime producer Bob Rock to record four new songs for the soundtrack. So that that shoots down your question a few episodes ago if it was going to be re-records of classic material or if it was going to be new music. So this is genuine new music. Great. <laughs> In a Twitter question and answer session Wednesday night, Six was asked if Machine Gun Kelly would guest on one of the songs, to which he answered yes, soon to be with... MGK coming really soon. You know, Nikki Six has a history of just embracing just butt rock. <laughs> oh yeah. Post uh No, just listen tour. just listen to any of the fucking um Tommy Lee solo albums and you'll get an idea. I didn't even know Tommy Lee had solo albums. Dude, they're horrible. <laughs> so you know the song Fame? Mm mm. You know no. from David Bowie. Fame was left. Oh, I forgot about that. Fame, fame. He did a version of that. Oh, it's bad. (laughs) Here's a tiny segment of it right now. It's really fucking bad. <laughs> Is he singing? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of uh, dumpster fire Tommy Lee, uh, he's and to wrap it back to a kiss for just one nanosecond. He's now saying that some of the elements of the end of the road stage design looks quote identical to the production of the Motley Crue final tour, which I've got to say on that real quick, dude, you've recycled shit too. Yeah. <laughs> Every it, there's there are production companies that lease parts to staging equipment. Okay, so probably the production company you leased some of the staging equipment from. Le- Kiss is now leasing and implementing in a new way. They did a tour together. <laughs> you know, 
And also, it's not like fucking Motley Crue hadn't borrowed from Kiss in the past. Not at all. Look at that first couple records. You can't tell me that wasn't inspired I by mean, Kiss. They, they did Nick this. Nick Mars with a spitting blood session. There was like early shots of him spitting blood on stage. They're, and uh, they're doing, they on their last tour, they're doing the same thing that uh, Kiss is currently doing right now, which is like all the pumped up backing vocals and doing the circus <laughs> yeah, act. Yeah, Tommy. It's the same goddamn thing. If, if Tommy had two brain cells left to rub together, he would actually <laughs> uh, get on them for using backing. Well, no, not really, because they they still tried to have their backing track shit too. So They're just like, ooh, look at the spinning drum cage. <laughs> look, Pay no attention to the man behind the mask. Look at the spinning drum cage. Yes, and all of those... Uh, <laughs> uh, pre-recorded hits. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Um, have you guys heard of Pledge Music? Nope. I have. Uh, Pledge Music was kind of like a... Um, like a charity. It was a charity or something like that too, wasn't it? Or didn't they have charities? None, not that I'm aware of. I don't know. I could be wrong on that, but I don't know. Uh, essentially, it was a VIP version of GoFundMe. Uh, bands that actually had a high reputation, okay, uh, such as like one for instance that I did, uh, The Damned. Um, the Damned is a classic punk rock band, and one of their new albums that was going to be coming out was coming out through Pledge Music, which essentially just enables a legacy band to do a proper GoFundMe, and it's a version of it that is a lot more reputable to fans. Right. You know, it's on a different platform. There's, it's done specifically by the band, and if you donate certain amounts, you get a bigger, you know, bundle package of the right, right. everything else. So, apparently, they have, for the past few months to a year, they haven't been paying bands oh, the shit. money coming in from the pledges. So current things that are like trying to be funded and are currently you know properly funded pledge is not paying out we just got through watching a doc about a huge scam <laughs> what is going on <laughs> this is pledge music's um official like you go you can go to their website pledgemusic.com and uh read their statement and this is this is a like paraphrasing the statement uh, the situation that Pledge Music has found itself in is unacceptable to all the artists, managers, labels, and fans who have put their trust in us, and we are deeply sorry. All of us at the company are working around the clock to address everybody's concerns and are hoping to reach a positive re resolution soon. To you artists especially, we understand that every penny is vital to your project's successful delivery, and as such, we wanted to share with you some of the concrete action that we have undertaken to date. Firstly, Pledge Music is a unique platform with millions of active users, and we strongly believe that notwithstanding our recent problems, Pledge Music... <laughs> uh oh notwithstanding. <laughs> <laughs> notwithstanding our recent problems, P Pledge Music is a very has very significant value. At what point do they say, this is how we're going to give you your money? They don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how hard is it? How... People give money and then they just got to figure out, they give it to the artist. Like, where's the, where's the problem here? I don't understand. <laughs> I, apparently, the problem comes in same thing like with the Firefest. Okay, they start allocating too much money to different things. Oh yeah, obviously these assholes are, and, and they're pocketing yeah, yeah. the shit. Yeah, they're and they got in way too deep in their head. They're way yeah. in debt. Yep. And essentially, the way they wound up wrapping it up. It said, uh, secondly, Pledge Music is uh, in advanced discussions with an independent third-party company to manage all artist funds moving forward. In, in layman's terms, they're looking for a buyout. 
They're looking for someone to swoop in, yeah. buy the company, and then finally be able to pay all the artists. They're basically saying they don't have any money. Mm-hmm. Yikes. And man, that... How much money are we talking? Is there an amount? Uh, let me look up. Because I did not see anything specifically on that. I just had the... Uh, or what kind of things are bands simple. trying to fund? Like Primarily just new music releases. Okay. So, for, for instance, with The Damned. Uh, they were going to get back with their old producer. They wanted to press it to vinyl. They wanted to do it upright. All this other stuff. So, they had a certain amount they needed to be able to do it and ensure that they weren't going to go you know, ass up you know, while doing it. Yeah. They put it out to the fans to be like, Hey, if we do this, are you actually going to support it? Or are you going to steal it online? And That's that, a good few thousand dollars. That's a lot. Oh, of, dude! Did a that, lot of times bands uh, are asking for about twenty five k. That's what I was. I was gonna say thirty. Yeah. Didn't did that include a proper label distribution and everything too? Yep. All right. Yeah. So actually, here's another uh, Billboard document. See, producer Mark Walk has done his best to explain the delays, but has been kept waiting himself. He has yet to see nearly a hundred thousand dollars of the. 140, the group raised on Pledge Music. Uh, the Walk has struggled through recent emails with Pledge Music. Okay, so now that's just for him specifically. Him specifically, he is uh, still missing over $100,000 wow. for his campaign alone. Damn. Yeah, they owe a lot of money. So. Now, here's the thing. Is that money belong to the bands, or should it get refunded to all the people that donated the money? Well, that's the problem. Is uh, is Ooh. <laughs> so there? There's the big limbo part. So with this comes, if I was currently, let's say, I was a customer of a band doing this right now, and I saw this happening, I would be in the limbo of, okay, well, if they don't have my money, do I want a refund? Do I want to wait it out and hope that my name gets transferred over to whoever's going to be handling this in the future with said band or producer or company? Uh, do I want to do something with my credit card to get a charge back and then possibly screw the band of not being able to pay their shit all because of Pledge Music dropping the ball? There, there's, there's a lot of different angles on this, so I really don't know. This is all a lot of recent developing, you know, shit that's happening. It's so just, it just seems like it's gonna be one of those just hopeless uh, scenarios where like everybody just gets fucked in the end, depending <laughs> on who's left behind. And see, and here's just another instance of millennials thinking they're entrepreneurs. As I'm about to say, I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> I swear mine will work. <laughs> mine will work. It totally will. <laughs> Rough around the edges. Help me kind of brain dump on this some, Mikey. All right. The general idea is called the artist lottery. So a lot of people want to complain about Spotify not properly paying artists for revenue streams and everything else. And a lot of indie artists, I would say us too, uh, one of the big complaints is we have a lot of great ideas but no capital to get it off the ground. So with this platform called the artist lottery, you upload your music along with basically everyone else big name on the platform. The big names on the platforms get revenue streams as normal through Spotify. It's basically just a new streaming service, okay? But you are personally uploading your indie music alongside of the big name artists. And you have an option. You can either A, get your revenue streams, or B, put that into what's called the artist lottery. And once a month, if you decide to put your revenue stream into the artist lottery... The accumulation that comes up, either once a week or once a month, 
gets randomly paid out to a single artist. Dude, we get people hooked through gambling. I love this. <laughs> That's so actually we already have really a good. core group of degenerates. <laughs> and then, of course, there are other options of being able to uh, be like, hey, if you wanted to get better plays through here, uh, buy a $20 ad. And then that $20 that doesn't go in our pockets, we're running a nonprofit. We're not getting rich off this. That money immediately gets put into the artist lottery because there are there are ways to do real-time transactions and see when something goes into a pot. So you would be able to literally see your transaction go into the pot. You know, mm -hmm. and then that money that's sitting right there, you see that get sent to whoever it is. And now that band has the opportunity and the chance to do something big with the money they just got. What happens when uh, Joe or buy a bunch of fucking drugs? <laughs> <laughs> party. Well, and yeah, then there might blow be a few loot holes. <laughs> what happens when uh, Joe Schmo, uh, YouTube rapper, uh, puts his name in the hat and he gets picked and puts and sets a trend that's continues to build <laughs> of hey, this garbage but, but, but that's but that's the thing is he won it. it's the artist lottery oh well, yeah he's an artist just like us cap I'm, I'm just, his <laughs> yeah, art you want to open up that can of worms <laughs> i know artists soundcloud rappers are just as viable as artists as we are yeah but <laughs> the garbage version of that garbage version of that I know it. Is there a different version of that? <laughs> That's the spirit. Well, no, there, there's some validity to that. I actually put this in just as a random side note. I swear to God, this isn't a bit. Oh, Mikey wow. saying that. I just put this in my back pocket in case we ran out of topics, but it just works too well. Kerrang put out an article. Five SoundCloud rappers that metalheads need to know about. What the fuck? Whoa. <laughs> why? Why? So let's find out. Let's see why uh, there are five SoundCloud rappers that metalheads need to know about. Number one, Bill Saber. Based solely uh, the looks of his disturbing creative uh, and hair-woven horns in the promo shoots, this Buffalo, New York native immediately stands out from the herd and seemingly redundant rappers is in particular niche. Beyond the image, Bill Saber's sound distinctively pulls him as head of a lot of his peers, making his name off an eerie single, Creepin' and Lurkin', oh which God. conveniently appears on his 2017 collaboration before... Good God, none of this makes sense. This is a whole bunch of words, but it's like none of it makes any sense to me. I can't wait till a documentary comes out Next. 10 years from now. Yeah, another band, Killmore, City, City, City Morgue. Morg. They look like that Takashi guy. They all look the same. Yeah, this is going to be a very... Ghost main. Ghost main. A very 2019 thing. Hardcore the, metal the fans era of have already been fairly rapper. familiar with this up-and-coming artist. Does it have links to their music? Or? Yeah. Let's play, play his. He's got the coolest name so far. And by coolest, I mean fucking terrible. Why? <laughs> because he's white? <laughs> what is he holding? What the fuck is this? This just sounds like fucking shit you'd hear. It sounds like Rob Zombie, but worse. There's like no discernible tone whatsoever. And I know I'm probably going to be like, get off my lawn sounding with this, but still. Oh, oh no. All right. no Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. Kill it. This, Kill this, it. This sounds like, like a lawnmower. <laughs> this, this sounds like shit. What you're listening to, son? <laughs> All right, last one. Might as well. Lil Wop. Lil Wop. Is he wearing a trash bag? It looks like you're wearing a trash bag. It really does. That's an Italian slur, too, there, my friend. Is it? Oh, yeah, Lil Wop. All right, let's, let's give it a shot. <laughs> God, let's... 
some pint of blood. All of this just sounds like stuff you'd hear at like the Horror Nights at Carowinds. When people are doing like the fireside show oh, acts yeah, and I mean, all that shit. There's going to be a documentary that comes out like five years from now that's going to be about the era of the SoundCloud yeah, rapper for, uh, <laughs> for about 2017 to dumbass. Who, who paid someone to write this article? They need to get fucking fired. They hey, metalheads like creepy stuff and horns, right? Let's is that, just, uh, is that how out of assemble touch? a list of these shitty SoundCloud rappers. Is that we'll how see. out of touch Kerrang is with their audience now? <laughs> Apparently so, because in the beginning of it, uh, they they try comparing all this to, like, Anthrax and Public Enemy. Oh, get the oh, fuck out. Who fuck wrote that? this article? <laughs> Let's see. He His name wasn't at the top. Let's see if he's credited here at the bottom. Here, there you go, right there. Words, Gary Sarez, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> and this is a new article too. This was posted February eighth this year. <sighs> Man, they're they're probably just hemorrhaging money now too. With the, in the era of just just dumb journalism. <laughs> journalism. I bet you every dumb. single one of them paid that guy to be like, put me in an article, man. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Probably, you know what, Gary, you might be an all right guy. <laughs> Not really, though. No, but side note, I, I know my idea is completely unfeasible. Like yeah. that, 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 there are so many loopholes in it. I know that this is a horrible idea, but here's the problem: if we had had the money and we had the technology, that could have been the next Firefest issue. And that's the problem with these idiots having a, too much money. Is because instead we can't sit here on a podcast and go, here's a funny idea. Dude, that's what and I then talks it Because literally talk it through and then go, yeah, you know what? That's a shitty idea that's going to be easily exploited that can cause a lot more harm than good. Although it comes from a very earnest idea of give an indie band money so it can kickstart a career. The road yeah. to hell is paved good intentions i think rick james said that once i don't know shut up rick james <laughs> <laughs> well he's dead so <laughs> oh yeah like he can't hear it that's I, that's what i hate man i hate stupid people with money how why it's not fair <laughs> especially when i listen to the last podcast on the left and they're talking about these rich people buying into oh i thought you're about to shit talk oh yeah no when they talk about these rich people buying into cults and it's the one in careers. canada i don't oh, remember what was it, the solar temple or? solar temple yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like what the how it's just it, it's it, it's the power of perception. Perception is reality. It's the same thing we learned about fire. So people are just starting cults on social media. Well, people That's just want is. exclusivity for for some reason. Just like just I don't know. Well, everyone wants to be part of something. Everyone wants to be part of the team, and everyone wants to say it's part of millennials. But that's not even the case there. Uh, Generation X, you know, our parents, you know, they wanted to be part Generation of something, uh, something special, and that's what yeah. punk rock was. You know, every generation has that. So, and and you had the greasers before them. You yeah. know, so every generation had the subculture. Every generation had the little thing that you know is. They want to be part of some exclusive thing. Right now, it's the Instagram culture. That's the exclusive thing, and that's what today's generation's exclusivity is. The problem is, is back then, you didn't have the internet where a lot of people could easily swindle you out of your money for that shit. Now you're in an age where you, I could get a message right here on my phone, and if I was none the wiser, I could get swindled out of money. 
Yep. You know, yep. I get countless emails uh, telling me that my Squarespace has been deactivated, uh, <laughs> that uh, I needed to confirm my payment method on Apple, all of this shit. And all of it is fake emails. Yeah. And it's all targeted to people to get them out of their money. So you either hit the idiots or you get people that want the exclusive experiences that are just dying. The middle class guy in the middle of nowhere. That's, you know, like you said, tiny town in Tennessee. Okay. If you had a different mentality and all of a sudden you you love that culture of the California bathing in the sun, Coachella cup culture and all that shit. Yeah. If you longed for that and boom, you saw that festival pop up on your Instagram that you stay on all the time. Of course you would want to go to that. You would be part, finally, of the exclusive club, you know? Fire it was Fre- just a new way to get people out of their money. Firefest is so fresh on our minds. It right really now. is. It's, it's, so, <laughs> it's such a fucked up thing, man. Go watch it. There are two of them, too, which is, and they're both just equally as fascinating. Because the Netflix one was uh, produced by Fuck Jerry. And Fuck Jerry is in a lot of trouble now, too. So you can see the way they kind of spin their documentary versus the Hulu one that I think is a bit more uh, straightforward and showing the facts and better timeline. It's just the age where the the experience is all that matters. Kind of like Kiss. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how all this goes full circle. I got to. It's contractual. It's, you uh, mean it's contract Satan? now. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of uh, tiny towns in uh, Tennessee, this uh, this this popped this up. This town's on the... called my dick. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, cock. The, this this popped up, so I wanted to get your take on this cap since uh, this is uh, Tennessee. <laughs> what are you trying to say? You're the expert in the room, obviously. All yeah, right. I'm afraid it's gonna be like a fucked up story. Jesus. I was gonna say, don't be afraid of the microphone, Mike. Oh, I was kind of yelling, but <laughs> or, scoot, we'll just scoot. do this. Oh, let's scoot it closer to me. There we go. Bring the spoon to your mouth, not your mouth to the spoon. <laughs> <laughs> sure, whatever makes it easier for you. <laughs> Tennessee lawmakers propose combination locks on pill bottles to fight the opioid crisis. <laughs> let's see what combination this Combination locks on... <laughs> let, let's yeah. Look. Yeah, so... Uh, well, of course, there's got to be an ad first here soon. But yeah, so uh, instead of... Apparently, this is their idea of fighting the uh, opioid crisis, which is... <laughs> we'll um, still sell it to you. <laughs> yeah, we'll still sell it to you. Uh, we'll just make it harder to get into when you really need it. It's like it just in case. <laughs> Let's see what uh, Fox 13 News at 9 has to say. Stealing them. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that that makes all the sense in the world because it, it's not like it's a plastic fucking bottle that can't be broken into. Yeah, man, it's got a lock on it. it like, yeah, what does the package look like? Oh, it's just a normal ass so <laughs> pill bottle. Clear orange with the white cap. This is real. Getting hooked. No one steals individual pills, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Might help prevent new 
That ain't gonna stop a pill head. <laughs> Especially in Tennessee. No. <laughs> experimenting, taking pills that don't belong to them. And a lot of times it starts right at home in our own medicine cabinet. And this, this lockable pill bottle would help to prevent that from happening. Two Tennessee state lawmakers have introduced legislation. Most people that get addicted are already prescribed, though. What it's you, yeah, oh my God. This new type of pill container mandatory for any prescription opioids and stimulants. Where did you get the pills? Um, from. <laughs> they always get the best person to talk to. Good lord, you need to use Jenny Craig. <laughs> Is that still a thing? <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so that that's my big argument on that. I'm like, what the fuck? It's a plastic pill bottle. Cut the shit open. If you are really wanting that pill, a combination, a plastic combination lock even is not going to stop a pill head. Oh, that's just uh, Tennessee law- uh, lawmakers being in bed right? with uh, Big Pharma being like, oh, we're still going to sell the stuff, but we'll implement this little thing to make us look okay like we're trying. Right. And, and let's, and you know, let, let's even maybe give it a real world scenario. A bit exaggerated, but maybe still a bit real world. The old grandma that has to have pain medication for her arthritis can't get the fucking combination open she lives by herself ain't no one trying to steal her pills yeah she can't even touch the thermostat without breaking something <laughs> yeah she lives by herself ain't no one Why trying to steal her pills it 96 degrees in here grandma have you taken your grandma pill? you set it to 98 <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been able to take my medicine. I can't see. <laughs> Do you wear glasses, Grandma? Is that why there's gla- is that why there's glitter on your dog's nuts? <laughs> what? <laughs> You're not fooling anyone, Grandma. <laughs> Grandma's new oh, hobby: dipping her dog's nuts in glitter. <laughs> like, I'm 97 years old. Because <laughs> that is the new trend, apparently. Putting glitter on your dog's testicles is a trend. Now. Oh shit! <laughs> is this a real article? Yes. It's like a golden nugget. <laughs> Grandma's definitely getting what? into those. People are, people are posting it on Facebook and shit. Trust me, this is going to be the way we promote this episode. It was some sparkly dog nuts. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> the trend first hit public-wide awareness being shared on the Royal Paws Pet Salon Facebook page, a North Carolina pet salon. However, it, uh, the purveyor of the sparkling dog balls, they posted the photo for entertainment purposes only and assured that customers would be absolutely not be partaking in testicular bedazzlement. <laughs> So North Carolina is to blame for this. Testicular bedazzlement. <laughs> I think that's the episode title. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> my next glam band. Oh my god, yeah. Oh my the band that Tony and I were doing. <laughs> we're all doing yes. testicular bedazzlement. <laughs> Mikey, do you, do you have a dog? Mm-mm. Would you would you dip your dog's nuts? No, I don't even want to see regular dog nuts, man. I know it's like they're literally I'll dip bringing them in it, glitter. <laughs> yeah, they're literally uh, bringing attention to it that way. It's like look at my dog's nuts. God, that is aren't the most they shiny? Noxious thing I've ever heard. If you put if you do that to your dog, you need to be shot. <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, did you guys hear about um, the two undercover police officers getting in a scuffle? No. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> like they thought they were each other's targets? Yes. <laughs> undercover police posing as drug buyers arrested by undercover police posing as drug dealer. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, so you're... And you're... Oh! <laughs> yeah, there's there's an article for that, too, so let's take a listen. The footage we're about to show you comes from a police officer's body camera positioned right here. And as you can see in that footage, things get out of hand quickly on what should have been a routine operation. So, they're coming in. At first glance, this video might seem like any other Detroit police raid on a drug house. But in reality, this is the type of mix-up that could have caused lives. I just want to wow. hear the I just want to be, hear the Benny Hill music on top of this. It's like a Reno 911 episode. <laughs> Did you ever they watch that? from the same police force like as well? They look pissed. <laughs> yeah. We showed the disturbing footage we obtained from sources to retired Detroit Police Assistant Chief Steve Dolan. On the force more than 30 years, Dolan once took part in these types of raids and also ran internal affairs. The unit now investigating how things went horribly wrong. Right? Deep dive on this. Oh, they're going to talk to all the officers. They're going to um, see if the proper notifications were made. If they weren't, why not? That's just some like drug deal. And they are just punching each other too, man. They are wailing. You know, it was some drug dealer that uh, snitches to the two of them and just decided to fuck with them a little bit. Oh my god, <laughs> that would have been so good. It's the best episode of True Detective ever. So that, so Wait, they, why were so they were all in uniform? So where was the confusion? Why were they hitting each other? Well, my, my initial qu- yes, thank you. But my initial question on that too is what Cap said. Was it not part of the same force? That's what I yeah I yeah. said. That. Like was that not the same police force? Yeah, I, I, I'm going on just literally the information we all three just got right now. So <laughs> it's not like I'm doing investigative uh, research on every and, single one of these fucking articles and, I bring to the table. I'm just trying to get you guys to laugh for a minute. <laughs> and where and where was this? Or do we remember that at all? I'll pull that back up. Because Detroit. Was that a liberal news source? A liberal news source. (laughs) Oh, Detroit's rough enough as it is, too. Trying to paint the cops in a bad image. I see them. Fuck the police. I see their agenda. Oh, no, I'm just saying they got a lot on their plate plate as it is. No, that's just, that was dumb. God, see, yeah. This is a sting. No, this is a sting. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm in charge. No, I'm in charge no, I'm now. I'm in charge. <laughs> Johnson? <laughs> Murphy? And, some, and that drug dealer's just sitting outside with a cigarette, just kind of like just laughing his ass off right now. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Can't cool. fuck with me, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, no, I, I don't get it. <laughs> Well, Mikey, you were telling me about something. I literally stopped you earlier, and I was like, save that for the show. Uh, something, so I'll just I'll lead it yeah. in a little better. For some reason, I've not been having dreams lately. I, I never have, remember like my good dreams, but 
nightmares I remember clear as day for some reason. I used to have vivid as fuck dreams, man. Like there was this one time, it was a situation where me and a handful of friends were walking down uh, the side of the road, kind of like on a sidewalk. And I think we were like trying to like go hang out somewhere, maybe get a bite. And someone yelled, what's that? And kind of point up in the sky and I look up and it's like this dot. It's just slowly getting a little bigger, you know, it's kind of slowly forming into, you know, an object. I'm like, the fuck is that? Something just falling from the sky and realize it's like a person. And I turn around and there's no one else there. I turn back around and by the time that happens, it's not like a, it's not like a neighborhood anymore. It's like this desert land where like the cracked, like red dirt kind of shit. Mm -hmm. And like that object is still falling. So I'm like running after it and everything. I get like right up to it. Person like right right in front of me turn back around friends are there again and they're like what the fuck and all of a sudden just like more and more just keep falling and then we run out of that area yeah I don't have these it's raining <laughs> yeah hallelujah it's raining what the fuck <laughs> squish and then it's like we run from that and then I like blink again and then we're back in the neighborhood but we're still running like crazy shit was happening and then I asked, I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then someone else yells, like, we didn't pay for our food. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it only gets worse. <laughs> and then I woke up. But it was that shit where it's like, it was so vivid. And it's, have you ever tried to scream in your dream and you really, and you couldn't? Uh, no. You've no, never not, had that? Not that no. I can remember. I've had dreams where I like go to punch something and I give it like my every like fiber of strength and then it's just like a little <laughs> yep, yep, it's the same scenario where you're trying to scream. I've actually tried screaming in my dream and I wound up waking up going ha ha because I was trying to do it so hard in the dream. Right. <laughs> my, mine's when I get the uh, jump scare dreams where it's just, oh yeah, yeah. where you wake up and it feels like you were falling. Something like that, where like some level will just come out of a closet or something like that, or just like <laughs> the dreams I have. Wait, wait, I what? thought your shit was weird too. I still, I still. Wait, okay, that was a dream. I thought you were saying you would get a jump scare by someone just walking out of your closet, and I'm like, what the shit? Just shit like that, like you would see in a horror movie, where it's like well, that, that kind, it's like anyone. that kind of fucking jump scare. That's what gets me up. You dream about, so you dream in shitty like jump scare horror movie, like every now and then. <laughs> No, that's that's legit accurate. Every now and then, I'll get a fucking like shitty horror uh, jump scare. You had like dream. a program where you could like sit on your computer, and look at people's dreams. Like, what's Cap dreaming about tonight? <laughs> Is this Paranormal Activity two? And, and you're watching. And you're like, oh shit! Wait, what? Wait, why did he just dream this? Exactly. <laughs> right? No, it's exactly that fucking random. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> All right, here's here's a quick segue. Um, we talked about Sa our Santa Claus stories around Christmas time. Yeah. When you guys were kids, did you have, like, monsters in your closet or under your bed? No, I didn't. No, nah, you weren't that kid? No. I didn't have any specific... Just in my jump-scared dreams. Just your jump-scared dreams. <laughs> I didn't have any specific ones. Like, I didn't think there was a monster or, yeah, in the a closet. a boogeyman. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think there was, like, a singular thing. Boogeyman in general, just... From another dimension. I I for I would sometimes get an uneasy feeling in certain areas always, and that's what would give me the creeps. Like in general, a dark room didn't scare me. 
a creak or a noise in the middle of the night didn't bug me. But if I had a weird feeling to start with, then that or like the dark corner where it feels like something is kind of doing the weird where you stare at a black area for too long it starts having that weird trippy wavy effect that all of a sudden gets heightened and it's like "Mm, i don't like this i don't don't like like this this. (laughs) you ever have those uh I, uh, dreams where like you have to go back to high school as like your current age and shit yes. like that. Yes. Oh, and you're a fucking loser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's changed. Right. <laughs> Damn, I still suck at this. <laughs> Why am I naked? <laughs> no, I never. Had I bet it. cavemen had that fucking dream though, man. <laughs> what? I don't just going to high school. Everyone's had that fucking dream. The Flintstones. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> go back I to high school. To say, I don't... all the way back to the Flintstones. <laughs> 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 That's my impression of one caveman telling another caveman his dream. <laughs> I had to go take take that uh, caveman test. <laughs> I better pass this caveman test. <laughs> yeah, man. This you know, boulder, this rock, <laughs> difference. I'm going to fail caveman high school. <laughs> this rock, same rock size. No. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Somebody carves a big F into the rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, now, I don't shit. think I've ever had any dreams where I had to revisit something of my past. I've had dreams where I've had an alternate reality almost, where it's like there are so many things that are exactly the same, but different elements are very different. Was that because you were homeschooled? Yeah, same thing. I never. <laughs> Ow, damn. <laughs> I was thinking like that. Might... And I didn't mean that in like a little. I didn't you ever have one of those like dreams where you wake either. up and then you stay home all day? No. Well, I didn't mean that in a mean way either. Mike and I like went, we're talking about like going to class and shit like that in our dreams. I know, you're like, maybe that's just because you're homeschooled, dumbass. <laughs> no, th- and that's why I even worded it specifically of I haven't had any dreams where I've had to go back and do something right. of my former self. Because, yeah, I was homeschooled from middle school to high school, so I'm I'm re- I would have dreams even then about current school, but I would be at a different school. If that made any sense. Like, when I was in public school, I would have dreams about being in school, but it was a different school. All the teachers, classmates, everything, all my familiar things I knew about school were there, but it was just a completely different Well, dreams are weird, man. Basically, your brain goes, all right, I need a setting. Uh, High school. All right, I need a plot. Uh, ninjas. What? <laughs> really? All right, and overall really emotion. Bad at improv class, and overall emotion. Um, Unsure, but sarcastically funny? Apparently, Mikey and I have mild PTSD from uh, the Atlanta show because we've been having like dreams about <laughs> shows going wrong. Have you had any dreams where you have to give a speech and you wind up being naked? <laughs> I haven't. I've never Show had one of those. School without pants. I've had that dream. I've really? Been, I've been I naked in a lot of dreams. Cliche. I did too. Oh, dude, I've yeah. been naked in a lot of dreams. I don't know really? why. Really? I always thought that was just one of those like comic book or you know or rather a uh, cartoon then tropes. i woke up and my pants were all wet oh man completely different no you were having a fucked up dream the other night what was that about um is is it was so dumb i dreamt that we came back from well you guys weren't even there it was just me i was in an airport for some reason i don't remember why but 
obviously I was doing something with music because I had my guitar with me in its yeah. case. And that was the only thing I was carrying, and I was in the airport. And a uh, TS lady stops me. Uh, and I guess... Can you dream about people? Because I don't, I don't know who the fuck this lady was. She's oh, yeah, my dream yeah. lady. Well, see, here's Did I make her up, or was it just someone I saw at some you point in my you life? You saw in some point in your life she's in just passing stuck. that your brain... I have familiar people in my of. dreams all the time. It's weird. Anyways, she's just like this real ghetto, like rude TSA lady. Yeah. And the airport didn't even look like an airport, but whatever. I was in an airport, apparently. <laughs> and she stops me. She goes, what's in the case? I'm like, um, it's my guitar. She goes, put it on the ground and open it. I'm like, all right. So put it on the ground, open it up. She goes, okay, what's that thing right there? And uh, referencing like the little case within the case in the guitar. Yeah, yeah, that the, little, uh, the little holder. Yeah, a little like holder for your pedal tuner or whatever. And uh, so open that up, show her there's nothing in it. She goes, okay, what's that? I'm like, what's what? She goes, the black thing on your guitar. I'm like, oh, that's the pick guard. She goes, what's underneath it? I'm like, <laughs> nothing's underneath it. She goes, oh, we'll see about that. So she... Puts her foot on it and then proceeds to like put her whole body weight and she's just standing on my guitar and then you just hear it like crack. <laughs> and so the fucking, the pit guard breaks and there's a crack all the way up the body and like the neck of the guitar. Like it's fucked up. Is is bad, <laughs> and she goes, "Well, damn!" And then she just, she just leaves. She just leaves. She walks away. She doesn't come back. And well, I'm shit, like, "What the bad, fuck dog. happened?" Like this is. What the hell is going on right now? And then another lady comes out, and she's just like, "Hi, I'm the manager." Because apparently, if you work for the, if you work as a TSA agent, you can become a manager. <laughs> I'm the manager. I hear, they, no balls. I hear they make a great salary. Um, she's like, "I'm the manager. I'm sorry about that. Um, that employee no longer works here." <laughs> what? Yeah, I'd say she just walked the fuck out. So, <laughs> but uh, I'm freaking out because I'm like, "Well, are you gonna fix this? Like, I can't pay for this." And she's like, "Oh, well, no, no. Unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about that." And blah blah. blah. And that's really all I remember. <laughs> but yeah, it was just one of those like, "What the fuck?" scenarios. Just it was dumb. Lord, fucked up. But dreams. still very vivid to the point to where you wake up and it's the first thing you're just like, "What the fuck." <laughs> Maybe we can have that segment, caller, uh, listeners. If you want to uh, call in your fucked up dreams, we want to yeah. hear. Them. Call in, tell us your real fucked up dreams. We want to hear about that shit. That's really interesting. No, and uh, Cat, what was some of the shit you had going on this was, week? You were thinking about. Oh well, I had a fucked up dream last night actually, oh, yeah? and I think part of it was just uh, from playing with uh, Steve last night. <laughs> uh, there was a moment during the set where uh, I was playing uh, Steve's kid's uh, bass guitar. And the strap kind of yeah. becomes undone for like the middle oh, yeah, part of totally the song. For, uh, for, totally forgot to talk about that. It was uh, Steve Coleman's birthday uh, party show with K and Q last night. Grave Rollers played and um, remembering the Sabbath, yeah, Sabbath, whatever. We did a Sabbath set with DJ. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely killed it. And then um, to round it off the night, uh, No Power No Crown had a little reunion set, and his kids band got up and played in the middle of the set, and that was really cool. So you played three sets that night. I played, no, two, just two. two sets. Just yeah, you two. played two sets It was going to be three, yeah. but uh, it was... Steve played three sets yeah. that night. So for your first set, though, uh, you were using... I was using Tyler's uh, bass guitar. That's uh, Steve's kid, but we've been tracking with it and uh, playing around with it, and Tyler doesn't care. He just... It's a good bass and oh, it's a good, a really good nice solid bass. bass and everything, too, and it sounded good with uh, all, out of, all of Steve's bands. 
So I just thought I'll just play that for the set and just bring uh, my feelings base as a backup. And uh, yeah, there are no strap locks in it yet. <laughs> and in the middle of the no power, no crown set, it came undone. And uh, luckily, uh, somebody came up and readjusted it. While I was playing the song in the middle of the set and, and everything, hey, too. Props to you, man. You didn't miss a beat. You I'm just really sit- did. And I'm just sitting there with a look on my face going, what the fuck? <laughs> and it le- probably led to the fucked up dream I had last night where uh, we were playing some big arena or something like that. Mm-hmm. or It was a bigger size place, whatever. And then uh, right before we go on, I can't find my rig anywhere. And we're just running around all over the place <laughs> so trying to find it. you lost your entire rig. Yes. <laughs> We're about to go on, and we're like, holy shit, holy shit. I guess because that experience like seeped into my head <laughs> while I was oh sleeping last God. night. <laughs> and that's how weird irrational dreams can be. So in that, we would have sound checked. We would have exactly. done the line check, everything. It probably wouldn't have even been mine. It would have been like the house rig or something. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, we can't play, even though there's a crowd waiting on us because we can't find your rig. That's so <laughs> fucked up how dreams are. <laughs> oh, man. But no, what was some of the uh, shit you're uh, talking about? Oh, earlier? I was just gonna. T- we were talking about Tommy Lee and his uh, how sh- how much of a dipshit he is. I th- is Tommy Lee the king of the douchebag with tattoos? No, that uh, the Maroon Five. No, is. but Tommy Lee started all that. Oh, he definitely started all of it. And uh, and what? Yeah, I just like giving the Maroon Five kid shit. Exactly, and because <laughs> of Maroon Five, it's just one of those deals. After watching that halftime show, it's just like. Tattoos aren't cool anymore. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, okay. Side note. That Epiphone tattoo, that was fake. Oh, I knew that was fake. It was still hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious, but no. We Actually, that's a segment we need to have is meme busters. Meme busters. The, yeah. Meme busters. Say it with a southern accent, too. Meme busters. Meme busters. <laughs> that's some fake news right there, man. I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> No, that shit's fake, y'all. I shouldn't. But man, it still we has should to... have that. Be like the whole Alex Jones thing and the yeah, whole current fake it. news shit. Be like, y'all, this meme here is fake. This is some fake, fake news bullshit right here. This meme's stupider than hell. It's stupid hell. <laughs> that little that kid up there on the Super Bowl thing, he didn't have no damn Epiphone tattoo. That some bitch did nothing wrong. <laughs> so why y'all mad at him? All he did was take his shirt off and showed off how hard he worked, man. Sure, he had some dumb tattoos, but you know what he made some choices <laughs> why is there why is the only choice right there i think he's swinging for the other table. Right that say. guy ate a bag of dicks this week <laughs> so that's what's on your breath <laughs> why is no one really though everyone's talking about him with his tattoos and taking his shirt off but not the fact that their music was complete garbage well, that one's all pre-recorded. Everyone's just like, oh, he took his shirt off. Like, yeah, well, that music was all pre-recorded anyway, so I didn't want to like really take a shot at the music or anything like that because well, that's I all do. backing tracks. I know, so why the fuck do they shove it down our throats? I can't stand it, man. I know. Hey, we bitched about it last yeah. episode. We hate backing tracks. It. Yeah. <laughs> that's just, just Pepsi's call, shows man, in general have been shit. Well, I mean, but that was part of my argument for Kiss on the last episode was, you know, a halftime show, a TV show, that's got to be pre-recorded. There are so many things going on. Yeah. And, and, and people and are like, let's are... get Metallica on a halftime show. Let's get ACDC on a halftime show. You'll hate that, too, because that'll be pre-recorded. And yeah, somebody and will... it'll be, oh, Lars isn't playing drums. It's exactly. Like, well, I mean. You're you're working on such a tight schedule, and everything has to be done you know, so quick. There's no room for a mess up. You know what my favorite halftime show was, and I'm not even kidding. Is it the Janet Jackson one? No, oh, Katy okay. Perry. That shit was awesome. Visually, it was visually well, it was yeah. badass. Was it was a show, was yeah, but it was track. a show. But this time we just got a shitty music with even shittier 
display of and, look, and, <laughs> and then that SpongeBob tease, man, that was fucked yeah, up. Yeah, that made no sense. That whatsoever. was dumb. I did. I, look, I've only heard about that in the past couple of days. What happened on that? So there was a big push on social media to get that like sweet victory. In, song? Yeah, the sweet Why? victory. Is I that don't just because it's culture meme culture? It? Yeah. yeah. Like, but the... what the thing is, like Maroon Five started, and then maybe six minutes, maybe less than that, into their performance. Yeah. Like it cut away, and then they played the part of the episode where Squidward's like, "All right, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, blah yeah, blah yeah. blah, one, two, three, four, and then they cut it, and then it's back to Maroon Five. That's yeah, it. It, it. And then asteroids came down. It was the made no fucking what? sense. Thing. Yep. That may- See that that has conflicting things on what I saw because apparently there was some ice uh, ice hockey tournament thing and they played the whole song yeah, on the radio. Why that. are people using that right now? Because the meat SpongeBob. Memes. Yeah, I didn't get I it at know. all either. I wasn't even a Sponge. I didn't even watch SpongeBob. I watched some of it. Those earlier seasons were okay. I'm not mad because they teased it and didn't play it, but just the fact that it even, like, Happened. what was the point of that? Yeah, like, what the fuck was that? That was a bunch of Instagram influencers being like, oh, the kids like this. The kids like Spongebob. <laughs> the kids like memes. Yeah. The kids like Spongebob. And, and I guess that comes down to that whole thing of even Damn. what, you know, Kiss is doing. They're trying to, they're trying to accommodate to the largest common denominator. If Paul Stanley knew how to work memes, he'd totally do it. <laughs> Instead, all he knows how to work is fucking Instagram uh, selfies with uh, Starbucks. <laughs> smoke a latte. Smoke a latte. Is that what you said? <laughs> smoke a lot of what, man? That's kind of how he talks, though. He has that little lisp. <laughs> what the fuck were we talking about before all that? I've Dream. Fuck you, dreams, over. man. I've been letting this conversation just roll, and then Cap said tattoos aren't. Oh, yeah. I know how to pull it back in. No. Oh, tattoos are stupid. Well, yeah, here's the thing, though. The the reason, Uh, I think the reason that kid's getting all that uh, hate for his tattoos is it's it's part of the thing of what tattoo culture is now. Because I hear about this a little bit with where my wife works. And so it's the issue of the preppy kids are all of a sudden coming in with a bunch of money and getting full sleeves done. Where it used to be tattoos were part of the counterculture, you know, it, it was the bad guys, the criminals, you know, the rock. It was rollers, fucking bikers was and bikers. sailors. Yes, even back then, it was the earliest, you know, that. Or Marines, rather. Exactly, and then as time went on, the rock and rollers adapted it, and then now you're fucking, you know, the, the term I use all the time, now your grandmother gets a tattoo, you know. Mm-hmm. Once, once it hits, like, that third generation of people accepting it, it kind of becomes just, it loses its might. So, like Justin know? Bieber started getting tattoos, and it's like, oh, it's not cool anymore. Yeah, it's like, it's it, it's a, it really does kind of get a different feel and a meaning. It's like... People used to get tattoos to signify a time in their life. That's why people would always ask all the time, what's that tattoo mean? Mm-hmm. Well, people get annoyed with that now because their tattoos genuinely don't mean anything. And I'm victim of that. The tattoos I have don't mean anything. I just like what they look like, so I got them. You I, know? Talk, I talked to a friend but of mine was, the other day that said – and. Uh, she was talking about one that it was just particularly bad that she didn't care for. And people ask her, it's like, what does that tattoo mean? It's like, it just means I had a few extra bucks. Exactly. <laughs> so so the conversation on that has changed some, so you don't hear that quite as much. But you used to hear that all the time. Well, what does that tattoo even mean? Yeah. Because it used getting a tattoo used to mean something. So now kids like the Maroon 5 guy and Justin Bieber just plopping down all this money and getting tattoos and all this. And how young are they? I was like, Maroon 5's been around quite a bit, too. I think he's just naturally douchey like that. (laughs) Naturally douchey. 
That's the new man name. <laughs> Naturally douchey. <laughs> well, but that's what happened during that fiasco. <laughs> fiasco after fiasco, I reckon. Well, I do suppose. I guess it's about time to dig on into that. Unless, unless we got anything else to talk about, we want to dig into playlists or. You got anything else to rant about? Anything else good for the listening audience to chew on? I've been listening to some cool music. Well, then I guess it's time to bust on in and figure out what the fuck we've been listening to. What you listening to, son? I don't think you like it. Well, why not? I like this new generation of music. (laughs) Where did you record this? I bought it at the mall. What that person on your tape has is a medical disorder. Music. Music. That's what we've been listening to. Well, Captain Nunn, since you were first on the draw with that cell phone, what you been listening to, sir? Uh, I've been listening to another Spaghetti Town uh, Records release, and I, and I know we've been involving them a lot in the episode, but that's because they put out good shit like this fucking Pale Lips record. It's called, oh, yeah, you were playing that for me earlier. After It's called After Dark, and as soon as I... Uh, discovered it uh i haven't stopped listening to it they've been pumping in a lot on their uh, social media feeds and i thought i'll go check out uh pale lips i see them pop up they've played some shows with criminal kids and that's just straight bubblegum punk just hook after hook so definitely check out uh pale lips after dark it's called uh they some of my favorite tracks on it are uh i'm a witch hanky panky frankie (laughs) just like silly just goofy shit like that too it's catchy as shit oh and also uh what was that? Was that a other one? All my baby brought back was the blues. Is probably like my number one track on there. So definitely check that out. Nice. Well, Mikey, dude, what you been listening to? Um, so I'm taking a break from uh, music with words lately. So okay. I've been listening to all my old um, uh, like rock guitar instrumental shit on YouTube because I have a playlist I've amassed over the years with over 500 videos on it. So I just hit shuffle and let it go. Sounds kind of fun. <laughs> Whipping your dick out, being like, <laughs> slapping it on the table. Yeah. It's this playlist I've accumulated yeah, over a few a f- years. Over a few years, 500 videos. It's not look, that impressive. Look at my it's fucking dick. Sad. <laughs> look, look at my dick. I have no life. <laughs> well, some of those were like playlists that already had like 30 videos in it. So I would just uh, add that whole playlist into the playlist. So you just steal playlists then. Sure, why not? <laughs> I'm not it's not like I'm making money off of it or anything. It's just something I have so when i want to listen to music <laughs> but i've just been doing that to kind of get inspired and get my uh my chops a little tastier get your chops a little tastier my chops a little tastier <laughs> you just need a marinade for that <clears throat> true i just need a marinade i need to stop playing so fast and so i don't know it's like we're about to too mathy <laughs> It's like you're about to utilize those chops into something. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if right when we finish this podcast, we're going to start figuring out some new tunes. And I've been listening to since all this Kiss shit's been annoying me. Uh, go ahead and just heed my own lesson and just pay attention to the old seasons. If you want a good Kiss <laughs> record, I've been listening to Alive 2. Not because it's a real live record. It's just as, rules. It just, it's as pre-recorded as anything else, meaning, you know, <laughs> fake audio tracks and shit. But it's a great track listing, and the, and the extra songs on there are really great. It, it's a fucking killer ace track. Those, as goofy as Rockin' in the USA is, it's still fun to snap your fingers to. Those Bob Kulik rips. Uh, Licks just fucking rip. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
so it's it's really cool and fun little side note on here is there's uh i want you is on this record <laughs> a live version i well, love how it ends uh, the I <laughs> so aside from that uh on the kiss box set that was released in 2001 if you it's on spotify also if you scroll through <clears throat> there's what's called a sound check recording of i want you and if you play that side by side with Alive Two, it's almost just that's the one they used <laughs> without the audio, without the audience track. Right, it's essentially the same thing. Like there's a little bit of differences. You can tell that Paul put a different vocal on top for a few spots, but right. the drums are. I'm pretty, pretty sure spot on. It's, it's the same track. It's the same skeleton track they used to build on Alive 2. Hell, I ain't mad at them. I ain't either, but I, that's just a fun little nerd thing where it's like, hey, if you like that album, also check out the box set and look for the Yeah, because I'm, I'm definitely going to look test. at that too. I actually have it pulled up, so I'll play it after that. And a little <laughs> side thing because uh, I'm always talking kids. One of the other things I was listening to is I started revisiting the uh, the American Johnny Cash records. Oh, nice. Because that shit is just really good, especially on just A Dark Night. Shut off the lights, pop your headphones in, maybe light up a little, you know, enjoy some Johnny Cash, especially those American records. It's after, a little haunting, but it's still good. After I left uh, Steve's birthday party and went and unloaded all the geared stuff, Why Me Lord came up, uh, his uh, version of that that's on one of the American releases. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that has been another fun episode. As I mentioned earlier, you can find us at SomethingGFY on Twitter and Instagram, uh, where you can follow us along on there and have some fun and poke along and, you know, get people annoyed with us and everything else. And if you got something to bitch ass about, just give that phone number a call, 513-463-7439. Give us some uh, topic ideas or bitch at us. We take it all, man. <laughs> And on that note, I guess I've only got one more thing to say, which is, I guess we're about to get ready to write some cool-ass rock and roll that hopefully we'll be releasing sometime this year. Yeah. And Cap, do you have an outro for us? Let's make some tunes. That's not an outro. I just said that. No, I'm You're saying. supposed to have like a final piece of wisdom. I ne you know I never have those. You had some good ones in the beginning. You're getting lazy now, motherfucker. It's because I partied with Steve last night. Hey, happy birthday to Steve a week later. <laughs> <laughs> when we said that, or Mikey, do you have an outro for us? I sure do. What do you have? Next time you have the opportunity, buy a whoopee cushion. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs>
This has been another amazing production from the Cult of Dave Podcast Network. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.